Welcome to Holistic Accountant Podcast, where we aim to showcase how adopting a holistic approach in accounting and tax maximizes value for clients. Beyond traditional tasks like preparing financial statements and tax returns, a holistic accountant focuses on offering advice that maximizes personal wealth on an after-tax basis. If you enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a rating and sharing it with those who might also benefit. And to ensure you stay updated, subscribe to our weekly email. The link is in the show notes. Okay, today, Mina and I would like to talk about the best way to use your business to build personal wealth. Now, I know we enter into business for lots of different reasons. It could be a sort of personal challenge, an industry that you're really connected with, a product or service that you'd like to deliver that's going to sort of make some perceived changes to its customers and so forth. There's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons most of us enter into business is that we feel like it provides us with better financial security and, and potentially sometimes a better earning earnings power. And it's really then about making sure that we put that to work. So what we wanted to do is just in general terms, talk about how do we work with self-employed clients to build personal wealth outside of the business. I'll start by making a couple of sort of comments or observations. The the first one is that we don't really want to leave any retained profits in trading entities or at least not at least as little as possible. And most of that that's for two reasons. The the first the first reason is that from an asset protection perspective, you know, we've got a trading entity that it's got creditors, it's got customers that might, you know, take legal action or those sorts of things. But just from an asset protection perspective, if we reduce the assets in that training business, those assets are then protected. So if you're going to leave a whole lot of retained earnings in a trading business and someone successfully sues you one day, well, obviously there's that pool of assets that they can be attracted to. And secondly, the absence of a distribution strategy. So if we're just leaving money in a company because we don't really know what else to do with it, it's, it's a sign that we don't really have a plan. And obviously that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What's the point of working away year on year, uh, taking the risks that we do by being self-employed and, and not being fairly rewarded for it. So it's really important, I think, to make sure we've got a really clear distribution strategy and what are we going to do with this profit in order to build wealth that, that is protected in an industry or, or entity that's protected from our business. The second thing is super, and I know we've banged on about this in previous podcasts, but we find that a lot of self-employed people typically ignore ignore super. It's an extremely tax-effective environment that provides you with compounding investment returns over the years to when you reach retirement. So you've got to have a regular savings pattern, a regular amount that you've put in, put away into super each month or each week or whatever it is. We typically advise clients at least 11% of what they would normally earn as a PYG employee as just even a, a benchmark. And it's also a, an environment that's you mentioned before about asset protection, Stuart, it's it's basically safeguarded from all litigation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And echo that point, man. You know, sometimes you come across clients that have been self-employed for twenty years and have very little super to their name. It is a forced savings mechanism contributing to super. Sure, it's locked away until we're sixty, but that's kind of a, a, a just as much as a pro as it is a is a con. So I certainly encourage people not to ignore super. Um, the next observational comment we'd like to share is that sometimes we see clients that either operate through a unit trust or a company, they own the the shares in that company or the units in that unit trust, they own them personally. It really doesn't leave them a lot of room to sort of distribute monies elsewhere. So that 
mean that what that means is if they're going to withdraw profit either by paying themselves a salary or a distribution or a dividend that's got to come into their personal name and so it'll be taxed at marginal tax rates which is really ineffective. So ultimately what we'd like to be able to do is certainly take as much money as we need out of the business and then any remaining monies, let's try and keep it in lower tax environments. And so that really means if, you, if you've got a trading entity and that trading entity is unitized like a company or unit trust, want those units owned by a, probably a family trust rather than us personally. And I might just add to that, it also limits your ability utilizing, if you're a small business that is utilizing the small business concessions, if you if you own the shares or units personally it's definitely much more beneficial to actually have them in a in a corporate structure or mainly a trust actually the other thing is don't accumulate wealth in a company or sorry to accumulate wealth in a company i should say you know Stuart just wrote a blog about how it's like having a third super fund so you know you're very sort of graced in australia of having the imputation system here where you can get credits for franking credits credits for the tax that you've paid i should say so, for example, you know, if you're at a lower taxable income when you come to retire, you've got the opportunity to actually get all the, the tax that you've paid over the years in the form of imputation credits back refunded to you. Yes, it's one, it's a common strategy that we use in the business in terms of accumulating a pool of wealth in a, a non-trading investment company. It's great because it can just sit, sit there and accumulate with itself, ta- cap the tax rate at, at 30%, as Mina said, you get a credit for any tax paid if you pay a dividend down the line. Another really good way to build wealth potentially is owning your business premises. So if you operate a, from a commercial property, sometimes owning that rather than renting it is a good investment. Now that's the first thing is let's make sure it is a good investment. If you, you, know, if you operate from a premises that actually you wouldn't otherwise invest in, sure, there's that saying rent money is dead money, and that's not always true. In that situation, you are better off to rent than own. But if you own an area where there's a lot of capital growth, for example, well, maybe you're better off to buy your, your business premises. And having all of that property or at least some of it owned by your self-managed super fund also is a really great way to not only avoid capital gains tax, but also get some more money inside super. So not always, but sometimes owning your business premises can be a, a good strategy. And if you already do, there are avenues, if you own it personally or in a, in a trust, there are avenues to actually get it within super that, that are quite tax effective by utilising certain uh, stamp duty exemptions and, and uh, CGT concessions. So it's something to definitely discuss with your holistic accountant if you own it, your commercial property outside of super. So there you go. It's really about just having a plan. It's it's having a distribution plan. You, you've, got a, you've got a business that generally generates a certain amount of profit. Hopefully you don't spend all that profit on living expenses. Hopefully there's some left over and then it's a question about what do you do with those monies that are left over to build wealth so that one day if your business blows up and it's not worth any money or the profitability is greatly reduced, you've got this pool of assets that you've squirreled away that you can lean on to fund the the rest of your retirement and, and the rest of your working life. Okay, that's it from us this week. Until next week, bye for now.